This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right. So, of course, tonight we're going to talk about Purim. Purim and Mitzvah Hashem is Motzi Shabbos in a week. Not this Motzi Shabbos, but Motzi Shabbos in a week. And really, um, in all the years I talk about, which one? This is, uh, this is Kol Hashem? Yeah. Okay. So, um, all the years that, I, that I've been talking about Purim, the main thing that I've really been focusing on is that Purim is Nistar. Purim is a hidden miracle, right? Um, all the other miracles that we have are all Nigla. Pesach, the Yam Split, the Ten Makos, we all saw that. Hanukkah, the candles was light for one day, it lasts for eight days, we all saw that. Um, the the, the mir- Shavuos, we got the Torah, we all saw that. Purim really is a hidden miracle, because if you look at the story, there's, there's no like miracles, there's no like, the earth didn't open up, nothing really happened. It's Persian Empire politics, you know, uh, you all learned Caesar, you all learned Shakespeare's Caesar, and they stabbed him in the back, Itu Brute, he also was a Hochevra killed Caesar, and then the next one killed the next one, and Anthony killed that one, and that's what used to happen in these big empires. So what happened in, in uh, what happened in, in uh, Persia doesn't seem to be such a um, big deal. And Hashem's name, we see that Hashem's name is not mentioned at all in the home of Gila. Anyone here know why? Hashem's name is not mentioned. It doesn't say Yudke Vavke, doesn't say Elokim, doesn't say Kael, doesn't say Shakai. doesn't say Hashem's name in the home of Gila. It doesn't say Hashem's name at all. So the reason is very interesting. Um, well, first of all, it's really to have a yontiv to appreciate the things that we don't see out in the open. You know, uh, not the miracles, but the everyday making a living that we just we take for granted. And the everyday living and being able to see and hear. You know, sometimes people have miracles that happen to them. But really, everything that we have a whole day is a miracle. So, so Purim is the time we go inside ourselves and we, and we have to appreciate, you know, your parents. You take for granted. Well, a lot of things we take for granted in life, right? Our friends, our parents, ourselves sometimes, right? All these things that you take for granted that's just there every, that's there every single day. But really, those are the hidden things that are, that are there for you. So, so, so that's what Purim is introspection. Purim is going inside yourself and, and, and finding the hidden parts, which we're, which we're going to talk about. So it's very, very interesting because um, the, the next week's not this week. This week's Truma. Next week's Pasha is Pasha's Tetzaveh. Pasha's Tetzaveh um, is the Pasha that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned in. What happened was as follows. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Gilgal. Anyone know what a Gilgal is? A Gilgal is when you, your soul comes back to fix what it did wrong last time. Now everybody in this room, everybody sitting in this room, even Avivit, Who's sitting in this room is a Gilgal. There are no new souls in this world today. We're all Magogal. We all we're all coming back to fix something. So that means that all the women in this room, last time you were on this earth, which could have been a thousand years ago, five hundred years ago, I don't know. I don't I don't read Gulgulim, I don't read palms, right? But the last time you were here, you were not the perfect Tadekista. Sorry. If you were the perfect Tadekista, you would not be sitting in this room. You would be sitting in Ganeden. You wouldn't have to come down into the world. So none of you, last time you were here, were the perfect Tadekista. On the other hand, none of you that are sitting in this room were very bad. Because if you were very good, you'd be in Ganeiden. If you were very bad, you'd be in Gehenna. And you're neither in Ganeiden or Gehenna. 
even though some of you, some of you think you are, but you're not. Um, you're in this world. So, what does that mean? So, what 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 am I? What was I? And the answer is that you were a bainini. You weren't bad. You weren't good. You're right in the middle. You may have been very good, but you had you did something wrong that you had to come back. Now, I'm sure to make you all feel better about this, you need to know that Rabbi Wallerstein also was no tzaddik last time he was here. Because I wouldn't be here, I'd be in Ghana then. But it also wasn't so bad, or I'd be in Gehenna. Or maybe I talked my way out of it, I don't know exactly. But I'm here. But I'm definitely here. So I was no perfect guy either. So we're all in the same boat. We're on the same earth. And every human being that's on this world was not last time a perfect tzaddik or a perfect Russian. So, the Sefer Gugula, it talks about how, how a person, when he comes back to me with Gagal, you can come back in a human, you can come back. There's, there's four, there's four levels of Gilgal in the world. There's four levels in the world. One is the, was the first one is the worst. Is the worst. Is Daimame. Is a stone. You have no life. You're stuck, your soul is stuck in a stone. And you're just like gonna be there until the Shemaim decides to take you out. So, but what happens in Domain, which is earth, earth, um, what can come out of Domain is Tzameach, because if you have earth, and you plant a, a seed, what grows? A plant. Now Tzameach is the next level. Tzameach is vegetation. So you have Domain, which is dead. You have Tzameach, which is, which is vegetation, plants. Then you have Chai, which is an animal. And then you have us, which is called a Medaber. We are above the animal because we speak. So if all you do is text and email, you're an animal. You're not above an animal. What makes you above an animal is your power of being able to talk. Animals cannot talk. Not like humans. So, I'm not going to get into the whole sample of Google, it's pretty fascinating, but you can't really learn it when you're young. Because it will scare you right out of your skin. But, um, so there's many ways to travel in Gilgal. You could come right down in the, and they put you in a tzemeach, in a plant. There's a very, very famous story that Avas Chaim brings down, that there was this woman that was stuck in a Gilgal, in a, in a, in a, in, a, in an apple. Could you imagine stuck in an apple? Don't imagine it. Anyway, her soul was stuck in an apple. And she's waiting and waiting. How, how did she get out of the apple and go to Ghana then? Someone has to make a bracha on the apple. So this woman comes along and she sees the apple on a tree and she picks it. And, and the, you can imagine the shaman and the apple is like, here I go, I'm finally going to be free. She could have been here for a thousand years. Because she could have started in the dirt and then grown into a tree and then gone into the apple. And who knows how many apples, how many times she fell to the ground, nobody picked her up. And again, the next year fell to the ground, no one picked her up. So who knows how long she was there. Finally, a Jewish woman picks the apple. And she's like, all right, she makes a bracha, I'm out of here. And she makes a hadam instead of her eights. So this Avas Chaim says the story. She makes the wrong bracha. So that night in a dream, it's a true story. That night in a dream, the soul of the woman that was in the apple comes to her and says, you know how long I was waiting for someone to come along and you made the wrong bracha. But the halacha is if you make a hadama on her eights, it's good because the tree comes from the ground. If you make her eights, if you, if you make, if you make a hadama on an apple, it's a good bracha, you don't have to make a new bracha. If you make her eights on a, on a hadama, on a cucumber, you have to make a new bracha because you're saying, the fruit of the tree. It's not the fruit of the tree. It's a lie. But the other way around. So it was a good bracha, but it wasn't the chachila. So she came to her in a dream and she said, you messed me up. They're still not letting me into Ghanedid. You made the wrong bracha. So she said, what, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. What could I do for you? She said, you have to fa- if you fast three days for me, then they'll let me into Ghanedid. So she fasted. And uh, three days, that night, three days. And that night, the third night, she had a dream. And she, she was all shining, this neshama. And said, thank you very much. I'm in Ghanedid. 
So when you make a bracha, make sure you make the right bracha, and make sure that everything you eat, you make a bracha on it. Because who knows how long... Now, it doesn't mean that every apple has an ashama in it. Like, you know, you go to pomegranate, you pick up an apple, you're like, Hey, Chaim, so how you doing? You know, I'm going to make a bracha and free you. It doesn't mean every apple. It doesn't mean every fish. It doesn't mean every bird. But there are some that have that in it. Now, sometimes Nebuchadnezzar has to suffer that it starts off as a daimim, it starts off in the dirt, then it goes into the plant, then the animal comes and eats the plant, so it goes from the plant into the animal, then the sheikh comes and shakes the animal, and that ends up in the cholent pot. Right? And on Shabbos, you have it for cholent, and that the neshama is then free to go to Ganin. So sometimes it has to go through all those steps. Sometimes it doesn't have to go past Sumeach and be eaten by an animal. It's a plant, you made a bracha on it, and that's it, it's gone. So, I don't even want to, you know, my, my boys are very tough, and they're like, there's a, there's a sefer, there's a sefer called Reish's Chachma. Reish's Chachma is a Kabbalistic sefer that in, in it it's called Masechtas Gehenim. The Masechta of Gehenim. And it talks every detail of Gehenim. And everything that goes on in Gehenim. And they want me to teach it to them. Right? Because they all think they're not going to Gehenim, so let me learn about it, right? But I won't teach it to them. Because, because God doesn't want you to serve Him because you're scared you're going to become a tree. And He doesn't want you to serve Him because you're scared you're going to burn in a fire. That's not, that's not what He wants. Gehenim really is just, it's not a punishment. It's, it's a consequence. It's the same thing as if you're wearing a nice, beautiful dress and you go to a wedding and the wine spills on your dress. So you have to get the dress cleaned. So you bring it to the cleaners. That's all Gehenim is. Gehenim is going to the cleaners and, and cleaning that neshama. Now sometimes, the neshama gets a choice. And you get a choice of either going to Gehenim and getting your neshama cleaned or coming back to this world and fixing what you did wrong. Now, why do most neshamas pick Gehenim? Because Gehenim is a short thing. You go into Gehenim, you pay your price, uh, which it says that one second of Gehenim is more painful than any pain in this world, so we don't really want to go there, right? But um, there, there's no downside. In other words, you're going to the cleaners, and you're coming out clean. Going back to this world is a big downside. So I come back to this world, and I had two sins to fix. And now, they, they erase your memory, so you don't know that you, who you are, what you did last time. So now you might come up to Shemayim with a hundred things to fix. So you may come back much worse when you came into the world. So most of the Shamas don't want to gamble. It's like, I got, I got two problems. I got to fix them. I want to go sit in Ganadin with Rachel Imeno. Have a good day. But some of the Shamas, maybe they're more positive. I don't know exactly. Some of the Shamas are like, no, send me back down. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to come back this time much better. And it even it's brought down in Kabbalah that the Nisham before comes down to this world. It swears to Hashem, I'm going to come back better this time than when I left, than when I when I when I came back last time. And then when he comes up, they ask him, "New, new." So how'd you do? And that's why, by the way, Down syndrome children and autistic children um, are known to be the holiest souls in this world. Why? Because those souls come down to this world, they cannot sin. Because to sin, you have to have das. So uh, uh, a Down syndrome child is considered a cheresheit of a katan. Therefore, if he does a sin, it's not a sin. There's no sinning. So so why is he here? So then why are you here? The reason you come here is because you have good and bad. He doesn't have good and bad. There's no good and bad. And the, an- the, the answer is that that neshama has to come back to this world for a certain amount of time. And that's it. Its punishment is that it can't be in Ghanaian during that time. It has to be in this world, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And it goes back definitely... Not worse, because it can't do an Avera. That's why when a Down syndrome child walks into a room, 
the, the tzaddikim used to stand up. The chazaynish, everybody. Because they knew that the neshama in that child is so holy, was such a tzaddik, that they, oh, he has to come back to this world and spend some time. But he's guaranteed by Shemayim that he'll come back just as good as when he left. Only a tzaddik gets that punishment. Only a tzaddik gets that. It's like time, and then you come home. So a Down syndrome, an autistic child, these are children that cannot sin. And therefore, they're on the highest, highest level. And the interesting thing is, that's why they're always happy. Down syndrome children are very happy. It's very unusual that they'll be sad. They're very, very happy. Because the neshamas that are in them are very holy and know we are not, we are coming to this world to do our time. And, and it may be because they unplugged the respirator too early or whatever happened that the neshama, that the person left the world earlier than they were supposed to, whatever the tikkun is, but they come back to this world just to spend time, period. So they're very happy. They can't do an avera. They're in a world that they can't do an avera. They're just going to do their time and go to Ganeiden. So most Down syndrome children are very, what are you so happy about? What are you happy? So happy about? You have all these disabilities, right? They're very happy. And all the other people who are mentally not healthy, right, that are born that way, you go into a rezhab, these guys are all, I see them in shul, in, in, in Landau's, you got this whole rezhab that comes, Mayrev and Mincha. They're the happiest guys, they're screaming, Homey! They're great, everyone else is in Mincha, like, I have to go to Mincha, you know, let's get out of here. And they're like, putting a quarter to Dukkabach, and they're all excited, because they can't do a virus. So the soul is happy. It knows, because, because in this world, the soul doesn't need food, or movies, or DVDs, or iPhones, or all that stuff. That doesn't make your soul happy. What makes your soul happy is, I cannot sin! Wow! I'm in a Cadillac. I cannot sin. These guys are the happiest guys in the world. Serious. You, you, you gotta hear them say, it's not, it's not normal. So, so, a person comes down to this world, you come down to, to fix what you did last time. Not to come back worse. So the Zayah says that, that, so how do you know what you're here to fix? The thing that you have the biggest struggle with. That's the chip that's put into your soul before it comes down to this world. Because you forget everything else. You don't remember who you were last time. So they put this chip in so if you're a miser and you can't give money, that means that's what you did last time and that's what you have to work on. If you, if you're a person that likes immorality, then that's what you did last time and you have to fight it. As hard as you can. If you really want to be Machal Shabbos, you don't know where it's coming from. Why not? Why do I, I hate Shabbos? Because you were Machal Shabbos last time. And, and we spoke about this subject. Um, it's a very important subject. It's a very sensitive subject. It's a very important subject. Um, so I, I, I had a whole long discussion this week. I don't know if Torah anytime is going to, if Kol Lush is going to appreciate it, but, um, I had a whole discussion this week. So, there, there, you know, you can't fight the world, and the world. What ha- what's happened in the world today is that, that that being gay is is extremely accepted, and that the rabbi, the rabbis, and the politicians, and even the Christians who speak, who are anti, even some of you in this room, if I were to get up right now, and you're all religious people, and I would bash the gays, you'd never come back to my share. Because you would say, oh, you're one of those rabbis, one of those rabbis. So really the rabbis today that get up and defend Hashem and defend morality, we're the bad guys. And the gay, the gay people, they're the good guys. And if we get up and say anything wrong, we're, we're the, that's what happened. The whole, when I was growing up, they were the, I would say they were the different people and we were the normal people. Today, the person who gets up and says anything about them is a caveman, prehistoric, 
a bigot, and other words that that, that, that were called. The whole the whole thing totally shifted. And and from the most religious children, I don't know what my grandchildren how they're going to grow up in a world where men can marry men legally and 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 have children um, and have children through the ways that they have children. You know, by 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 being donors, this whole world is totally so messed up. A guy and a guy, and they have a, and they have a family, like three kids. How how my grandchildren? We're in the from world, but we're not we're not isolated. They're on buses, they're in cars, they're at work, they're in your business, they're in the library, they're your professor. And it, God forbid you get up in the in the incubators of of anti God, the incubators of anti God. Which are the world's colleges? Now they're already anti-Israel because we are the Nazis who are killing the Palestinians. The incubators are all these colleges that we go to, and we have to be liberal. God forbid you're not liberal, then you're then you're a Nazi. We're being called Nazis, right? So 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 that world, our kids are part of that world and part of the work world. And like the rabbi that gets up and says something wrong about it, so so I I I'm a thinker and. I gave this year a long, long time ago. I never gave it to the to the women, and you know, I I didn't come in here to talk about this. I came in to talk about Purim, but God's like saying, "No, I want you to talk about this." So I'm going to talk about this because I always doubt before I walk in that come out of my mouth what I need to say, not what I want to say. And I really didn't want to talk about this tonight, but some reason I have to talk about it. So it's not in my papers, my notes, or in the or in the measures. But I have to tell you something very fascinating. So so Lamaisa is a very big question, and it's very connected to Gilgal. And the question is, there, there, are, there, are, there are three ways that a person becomes, that, three reasons that a person is gay. Three reasons. One, born that way. Now, anyone who tells you that that's not possible is wrong. I have taught boys in my eighth grade over the last 30 years that the boy's voice was a female voice. He didn't play ball. He dressed that way. He talked that way. This was his mannerism. And you cannot say that he did it to because of peer pressure. The other kids in the class were regular boys. So it's not a guy who was in college who became because of environment. So, so there, there are, there are three ways. One, one is being born that way. Two is the environment that you're in. Um, you live in the village. It's in. You want to be part of the college and you want to be accepted. It's a very in thing today. If you're, you know, if you don't accept them and you don't agree with them, then you're out. You're an outcast. The whole world changed very much. So you want to be in. You want to be cool. You want to hang out. You want to be part of the fashion world. So I'm not talking about Jews. I'm talking about all the whole world. So it's peer pressure environment. Born that way, peer pressure environment. The third is abuse. Somebody who goes through a, a, abuse can change their, their, their morale. I'm using the word morality, but it's not the word I really want to use. I just don't want the, them to throw the tape off the floor anytime. So, but, but you understand that someone that's abused can change a person, a, a girl who's abused by a man doesn't want to be married to a man. That's who abused her or vice versa. So, so it can come through abuse. It can come through, it can come through environment and it can come through, through, through being born. So the question is as follows. If, if it can come through being born that way, then how can Hashem say it's a te'eva? Hashem says it's an abomination to me, you know, Adam and, Adam and, Adam and Steve instead of Adam and Eve, right? It's just a little joke, but just to make it a little, right? I didn't, I didn't create the world that way, and if the world would go that way, there'd be no children in the world, there'd be no world. 
actually if we all became if the whole world became gay in 110 years from now there's no world because that means women, women are marrying women men are marrying men there's no children in the world there's no children in the world the world is over so if we went that direction in 105 years there's not one human being on the world the animals that are still straight they'll be running the world human being is gone so it can't be the right way but the question and it's a very fair question one second if I was born that way then how could God call me a toeva, right? An abomination. God doesn't create abominations. You can't be angry at me if you created me that way. It's a very big kasha. So I am very open-minded and I don't need to go to psychology class and I don't need a PhD. I go to the Torah and I ask the Torah, I don't understand. You created this guy this way or this girl this way. My high. Why? Why are you calling them an abomination? So first of all, you need to know something, which is, which is important. The lifestyle is not what the Torah says is the abomination. The physical act is the abomination. It's number one. Okay? It's number one. You need to know that. That veira in the Torah is a man cannot sleep with a man. That's what it says in the Torah. It doesn't say a man can't be friends with a man. It says he cannot sleep. It's the act. The act is the issue in the Torah. That's number one. Okay, number two. How could this be? So Rav Chaim Vital, who was the Talmud, the student of the Ariyah Kaddish, writes the following. And he says, unbelievable. He says, why is this person born this way? So he says, the way it works like this, and, and we need to all know this. Everyone here in this room is born in a certain month, and that certain month has a certain teva. A teva, a nature of that month, Tammuz, my month, is a, very, is a very emotional, compulsive month. Guess what, right? The people there are very, Cheshven, are very logical, cold people usually. Cheshven is a cold month. So every, now, we don't believe in that, right? First of all, we do believe in that. We do believe in that, because if you open up your sitter, and you, and you daven for Tal or, or Mashmaruch, you'll see every month, it'll say, the, the horoscope of that month. We, what we don't believe is that that month controls my life. Because if I'm a Jew, and I'm connected to Hashem, and I'm a Torah, I can go above that mazel and it's brought down in a Rashi. Avraham Avinu was born in a mazel. You cannot have children in that mazel. You're barren. You cannot have children in that mazel. So when Hashem said to him, you're going to have children, Hashem says, come outside. And the measure says he took him above the stars. Once he took him above the stars, he was above his mazel, he could have children. It's a medrash. It's an Rashi. So it's not. Now, so you, you're born in a mazel and that gives you your nature. And, and that nature is what you need to fix while you're here. So it's sort of like 12 boxes, and you can put it to this box, because that's what you need to do to fix. Right? This one's water, this one's grape juice, this is orange juice, let's so say. And that's what you need to drink. Orange juice, so they put you in the orange juice box. So the, the month that you're born in, that soul had to come down to the world in that month, because that's part of your meters. But, right, I am not actually the people, the big superstars in, in, in Judaism or not in Judaism who know months. When I'll meet you, you just talk to me for 10 minutes, I'll tell you what month you're born. I am so not uh, a, a, a Thomas a Thomas kid at all. Not at all. And they're like, oh, you're a uh, Tishrei. No. All right, give me one more. You're a Tishrei. I'm like, no. Whatever. You can, you can change your, you can, you, can, you can definitely change your nature. As a Jew, you have that power. But it definitely has a certain, certain amount of, if you don't change it, that's, who you, that's pretty much who, you, who, who you're going to be. So, Let's say a person's born and they're, they're not a miser at all. That's not their month. That's not their, that's not their test. 
they really have choice to be a miser or to, to give away a lot of money. And they, by their own choice, they have their own Bechira, decided, I'm not giving anyone any money. Not because I was born that way. I'm not born a miser. I'm, I, I don't want to give people money. That's my decision. I have Bechira. Everyone has choice. Now, he comes up to Shemayim, and they're like, how come you never gave tzedakah? And he's like, they didn't want to. You made a choice like that. Okay. How are we going to fix that? Either you're going to go to Gehenna, or you want to come back to Shavuot. How are we going to fix that? This is how you're going to fix it. Last time you had choice, what was the choice you made? The choice you made was to be a miser. So now if we're going to put you back in the world a second time, what was the choice you made to be a miser? So now you're going to go back to the world, and your test is, you're going to come back as a miser. And you have to overcome it. It's Mida Kenege Mida. You made the choice to be a miser. Now you have no choice. You're a miser. Now you have to break the choice that you made. Godless. That's, that's your tikkun. That's your tikkun. So. He says like this. Rechaim Vital. He says a person who was born. Not, 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 not his surroundings and not Chatzor Shalom abuse. A person who was born that way. What happened? Last time he was in the world. He, did, he wasn't born gay. He wasn't born that he wants to be with a guy. He wasn't born like that. He was born a normal guy. A normal guy. No big taiva to be with men. What happened? He made a choice. He made a choice to do this Avera with a man. That was his choice. He didn't have that taiva. He just was a wild guy. He just, whatever I want, I'll do whatever I want. Now he comes to Shemayim. And Shemayim, he's got to fix this. So like, you want to fix it? And we have to send you down to the world. And you have to have no choice. That you only like men. And you have to live your whole life and not do anything that you want to do. And if you're able to do that, then, you, then you, you'll fix the choice that you made because this time you didn't have a choice and you'll come back to Shemayim and you'll be forgiven. That's the guy that's born like that. So now he's stuck for the rest of his life that he can't be with another man. He can't do what he, what he feels he wants to do. Because the Torah says you can't do it. Last time, you didn't have to do it. You weren't born that way. You made that choice. Now you have no choice. You have to break that choice to make back for the... You used to have a broken choice. You used to have a choice of yes and no. And you broke that to make it yes. So now, you're stuck. Thank you very much. Now you're stuck in the same position. And you're stuck for the rest of your life. And that's why you're born that way. And if you're able to go through your whole life and not do that Avera, you were misaking why you came to this world. Okay. So I gave this share a few years ago. And I said, it's just like a guy or a girl that's born, and they, they, a guy last time wasn't born with this crazy age of horror for girls. Right? He was born normal. Normal guy. And he decided that he's going to be with this woman, and that woman, and that woman. So... He, it wasn't his teva, but he made it his teva. So now he comes back to the world with this crazy Yitzhara. He went through with a thousand women. Same thing. It's the same Yitzhara. And the Torah says, you can marry one woman. You can't be with a thousand girls. You can be with one woman. After a cherem rabbeinu gershom, mamash only one woman. You can't just do what you want. You have to marry them, right? So I said to the people who sent me all the emails after the shir, I said, listen, a guy with the for girls, and he's a firm man, and he's only married to one woman, so he's suffering as much as the guy who wants to be with a guy, and he can't be either. He, right? He has the same problem, and he has to overcome it, and he has to be married to one woman his whole life, the, the, his, his hormones are raging, he wants to run through the whole world. No, I'm a firm Jew. I can't do it. 
He has to fix what he did last time. So they sent me an email from Japan. Bunch of gay guys in Japan, Jewish guys, sent me an email. And they said, we loved your share. It gave us an understanding a little bit. But it's not fair. You are comparing us to a guy who comes and he likes a thousand girls. He has an outlet. Hashem let him marry one girl. We have no outlet. We're not allowed to marry one guy. So if you're comparing it, if that's the punishment and that's the fixing, the guy who likes women, he has an outlet. He gets married to one woman. He has a life with her. But I'm not allowed to be married to one guy. That's what they sent me from Japan. Good question. Fair question. So I went to my Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel. I said to her, Gamliel, they're asking me a good question. They have no outlet. Our guy has an outlet. So he told me the tarots, Rabbi Gamliel. And he said, because it's a te'evas Hashem, because it's one of the Averis that Hashem says it's a te'evas Hashem, therefore, when he did this out of free will, it is such a big Avera that the only way to fix it is to have, that when you come back into this world, is to have absolutely no outlet. Being with a woman is not called a te'evas Hashem. It's an Avera, Right? It's not your wife, it's an Avera, but it's not a Torah Hashem. So therefore, Kosh says, you have to come back, and you're raging, and you want to run across the world, and you want to do every Avera since you're 13 years old, and you can't, but Hashem gives you an outlet. Because the Avera itself is not the same Avera as Mishkav Zacha, which is a Torah Hashem. So everything that a person has in life, all these struggles that you have, instead of saying, why am I, why, why was I born with such anger? Right? You have kids that are born angry. I have dealt with second graders that are just downright nasty angry. And then you have kids that are second graders that are the sweetest kids. They'll give you their last candy. Now, you can't tell me environment. The kid's six years old. He didn't grow up yet. There are kids that have nasty natures. And there are kids that have unbelievable great natures. How did that happen? Because that is what they need to overcome what they're coming into this world with. You last time made a choice to be nasty and embarrass somebody. Now that's who you are. Now you have to work your whole life that even though that's who you are, to work and to break it and to become a nice person. And then you're massacring what you did last time. So instead of running away from the struggle that you have, the struggle that you have is the key into your Ganeiden. The key to your Ganeiden is the thing that you're having the hardest time with it, you're like, why me? Why me? And the answer is, you, because that's your key. And if you don't fix it, you're going to be back here again, maybe as a plant. I don't know as what. But you're going to be back here again. That's your suffering. Yes, you were born that way. Yes, it's very tough. Yes, I feel very bad for you, and I'll dive in for you. But at the end of the day, that's your key to the next world. That's your key to Ganeiden. Now, why am I telling you this? I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know why. I do know why I'm telling you. I'm telling you for this reason. Moshe Rabbeinu was a very big tzaddik, right? We all have Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Gilgal. A few Gilgal. He was a Gilgal of Havel. But the Gilgal I want to talk about is the Gilgal of Noach. Moshe Rabbeinu came back with the soul of Noach. Why? What did Noach do wrong? It says Noach is tzaddik. It says Noach was a tzaddik. And the answer is that Noah did something very wrong. What he did wrong was that on his watch, when he was the tzaddik of the world, the end of the day, the world got destroyed. He did not save the world. Now, it wasn't his fault. Yirmiyahu 
right? The Oles Avosenu, when, when they went up to Shemaim, they, and he wanted them to help, they didn't want to talk to him. Why didn't they want to talk to him? Moshe Benu didn't want to talk to him. Why not? Here we go with a Navi who was crying the whole time. They're going to destroy the Bethlehem. They're going to do tshuva, do tshuva, do tshuva. Right? So why don't you want to talk to him? So the Medjah says, Moshe Benu said, I don't care. On your watch, when you were the Navi, Moshe just got destroyed. I don't want to hear your stories. End of the day, Jewish children died on your watch. I understand they didn't listen to you. Too bad. If it happened on your watch, it's your responsibility. That's it. It's like a coach in basketball. Your team, at the end of the year, loses. This guy was sick, and this guy was a troublemaker, and this guy broke his leg. The, the, the team management, the owners, look at the record. The bottom line, were you the coach? You were losing record? Fired! But, 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 doesn't matter. On your watch, our team had the worst record? You're out of here. So the end of the day, Noah Ichsadik, but he didn't save his door. And that Hashem was not happy with. He doesn't want you just to be a good girl. He wants you to save another person. Not just to, to lock your door in your house and take care of yourself. So he had to come back. Now the test that we all go through in a Gilgal is the exact same test of what happened. So what did Hashem do? When, the, when Klai Yisrael made the Egel, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu, after the Egel said, they made an Egel, I want to destroy all of them. Moshe Rabbeinu, come here. Listen to me. I'm destroying Klyestrol. I'm leaving you alive with your wife, your children, and from you will come the Klyestrol. Moshe Rabbeinu was in the Shem of Noyach. He said, we, we went through this once before. Killing, saving the family and destroying everyone else? No. Macheni no No. This time, it's not going to go that way. This time, Hashem, I'm not interested in being saved with just my family. If you kill Klai Yisrael, wipe me out from the Chumash. No book of Shemos, no book of Ayikra, no book of Amidbar, no book of Devarim. It's all or nothing. You kill them, you kill me. That's it. You want me to be left in the Sefer? You have to save them. He challenged Hashem. He said, I'm not making the mistake I made last time. So Kosh Baruch Hu said, Salachti Kid Vorecha. I forgive Klai Yisrael by your words because I don't want to destroy you. And maybe, maybe, if Noah would have turned to Hashem when Hashem said, I'm going to bring a mobble in the world, build a table, go in there with your family and the animals, if he would have turned around to Hashem and said, listen, no deal. You destroy the world, I'm not building no teva. You destroy, destroy the world, I'm going with the world, my family's going with the world, all the animals are going with the world. It's all or nothing could be the world would have never been destroyed. But he didn't say what Moshe Rabbeinu said. So what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say, kill me. He said, mocheni na If you take the word mocheni, memches nun yud, and you scramble the letters a little bit, it spells mei noach. The waters of noach. Mocheni na I just did my tikkun. You came, you gave me the same chance when I was noach, and by noach, I saved my family and I didn't save the world. Now, no, I'm not making the same mistake. It's all or nothing. So therefore, may Noah erase the Avera that I did at the rains, the raining of the times of Noah. Mocheni, no, please erase the may Noah. And Hashem said, Salachti Kidvorecha, I forgive you for what you did. And that was the tikkun that Moshe Rabbeinu had to do. So he was in the same spot with the same situation, but this time he did it right. But when a tzaddik is geyser, Hashem has to be a part of it. 
So we find in Pashas Tetzaveh that Hashem erased his name. Hashem said, I'm not going to erase your name from the whole Torah, but since you told me to erase your name, I have to erase your name from something. Pashas Tetzaveh, ladies, is always the Pasha before Purim. Always. So what happened here? Moshe Rabbeinu said, erased my name from erased my name. So this is the only time from Pasha Shmos, when Moshe was born, to when Moshe died, that you won't find his name in the whole Pasha, is Pasha Tetzaveh. When is that read? Right before Purim. Why? Why? And the answer is that Hashem said, the Medrash says this, that Hashem said, if a human being is ready to erase his name from the Torah to save Klai Yisrael, I, who am God, I surely have to erase my name to save Klai Yisrael. So where am I going to erase my name? Megillah Esther. And therefore, Megillah Esther, which is read right after Pashat Tzavah, Pashat Tzavah doesn't have Moshe's name, Megillah Esther doesn't have Hashem's name. But it does. But it does. Because even Hashem loved Moshe so much, that he, even though he erased his name in the Nigla, what you see, he didn't erase his name in the Nister. So the Vilna Goyen says, and I'm not offering anyone $100 for this, because there's a girl that was in my class today and she heard the answer. So I offered my whole class, if they knew the answer to this question, they would get $100. Where do you see Moshe Rabbeinu's name in Pasha Tzitzavah? And you can look all you want, you'll never find it. But the Vilna Goyen says, Unbelievable. How many psukim are in Pashat Tzavah? Anyone here know? 101. There are 101 psukim in Pashat Tzavah. Moshe's name. Right? How what is it Moshe's name equal? Mem Shin Hei. 345. Okay. That's the name you see. Right? The Nigla. That's the name you see. Moshe. Mem Shin Hei. What part of Moshe's name don't you see? How the letters are spelled. The full letters, right? How do you spell Mem? Mem Mem. So you see a mem, but you don't see the other mem. So the hidden part of the, of the mem is the other mem, which equals 40. Mem equals 40. Shin, you see the shin, but how do you spell shin? Yud nun. So if you take the yud and nun, how much does that equal? 60. Yud is 10, nun is 50, 60. What's 60 and 40? It's 100. The last word in Moshe Rabbeinu's name is a hey. You see the hey, but how do you spell hey? Hey Aleph. is 101. So the Nister, Moshe's name, the hidden part of his name, is in every single Pasuk in Pashat Tzavah. Because if you only had 100 Pesukim, it wouldn't equal his name. So you have to have 101 Pesukim, and the 101 Pesukim equal Moshe's hidden name, the letters that you don't see. Because Hashem said that even when I keep what the, what the Tzadik says, I'm not erasing his name fully. What happened in Megillus Esther? You don't see God's name. But in Perek Vav, where it talks about that the king could not sleep, and the Medrash said the king is Hashem. The Melech, anytime it says Melech without the word Melech HaKashverosh, it means Hashem. And it says the king could not sleep, right? That it brings down, that was the beginning of the Geula. Until then, Haman was happy, everything was going great. The king couldn't sleep. He said, who's in the yard? He said, open the book. Oh, oh my God, what did I ever do for, I never did anything for, for, um, for um, Mordechai. And that's when, she dumped all the, 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 the toilet on her father. And, and that's when Haman's downfall when he came home to Zeresh and he said, oh my God, my whole, the whole model is totally changing. We're in big trouble. So it says that that Perek, Perek Vav, is the, is the Geula. If you look in Perek Vav, you will find the word Hamelech 26 times. Yudke Vavke. Also hidden. It doesn't say Yudke Vavke, but it says the king 26 times exactly. Only 
in Parag Vav where the Geula, where it said Hashem went from his Kisei of Din to his Kisei of Rachman. So it's, God's name is hidden, Moshe Rabbeinu's name is hidden, everything in this world is MS, and, and our struggles in this world is only to get us into the next world. So instead of fighting them and being angry about them, we have to welcome them. Say, this is my struggle, I recognize my struggle, and this is my key. This is my struggle is my key to Gan Eden. And if I'm going to give in to my struggle, I'm just coming back here again. And it's going to be harder. Because now I've got to take care of two things. So that's what I told you about Gilgal. Because the whole, the whole Tetzavet next to the... Next to the to Miguel says. But there's, there's another reason. So there's a mitzvah, and, and I don't know that I'll, if I'll be here next week in Mitzvah Hashem, but I hope to make a tape wherever I am. Uh, because there's so much in the Medrash to learn about that is mind-boggling that, that we get, we got to get it out there. So watch Torah anytime, see what's going on, or we'll call Alasha next week. But I want to tell you something very fascinating. So we have this mitzvah on, on Purim. Sounds like a very weird mitzvah. That you should um, drink wine until you don't know the difference between Oror Haman and Baruch Marachai. In other words, you should start thinking Oror Marachai and Baruch Haman. Now, if I came in here tonight and I said, Bless Hitler! Curse Ramosha Feinstein! It would turn off that tape, this tape, you'd all get up and hit the road. Right? Wallstein's out of his mind. He cracked. Bless Hitler? Curse Ramosha Feinstein? He's nuts. He cracked up. But, there's a mitzvah on Purim to drink enough that you're going to say, Bless Haman, Curse Mordechai. You have to drink Till you don't know the difference if Monachai should be blessed or Monachai should be cursed. Or Haman should be blessed or Haman should be cursed. How could you give me a mitzvah, a nice from guy, to get up and say, cursed is Monachai? And it's one of the mitzvahs that I have to do on Purim. What's going on over here? This is very deep what I'm about to tell you. Purim is Nister. Purim is not what you see. Purim is the hidden you. The hidden you. And you have to do tshuva on something that you never deal with. And the only day you can deal with it and walk out of it in one piece is on Purim. And what is that? That in every Avera you do, there's a little enjoyment. And there's a little Baruch Haman. It's not so bad. Remember, like when you talk to your friends 20 years later, Remember when we did that, man? Wow, yeah, it was a big idea, but wow, it was fun. You gotta admit, you gotta admit, it was great. I mean, it was great. Come on. It was, it was really good. That's Baruch Haman. There's a little good feeling in being bad. And there's a little bad feeling in being good. And that's Oro Mordechai. And that's the truth. But you don't deal with that a whole year. Whole year? Good is good. There's no bad and good, there's no good and bad. But really, in all of us, we enjoy the bad a little bit. Barachaman. And we don't like the good a little bit. Or a marachai. And we need to do tshuva on that. And the only day that we can do tshuva on that is on Purim. Why? So if that's the case, Reverend Wallerstein, why don't we drink every night before we go to sleep? Right? And get drunk and go inside ourselves and realize that yeah I do enjoy being bad and yeah I don't always enjoy being good and I need to do tshuva on that and do that every night right if that's what we, we don't, 
Yetzishoy, the wine goes in, out comes the secrets. Right? So let's do that every night. Let's, let's get alcoholic. Let's drink every night. And the answer is, if you had to do that any day but for him, it would tear you apart inside. It would, it would depress you. It would talk to make you an addict. And that's why people who get drunk, when they, when they get drunk, and all those protection levers and locks and doorknobs and keys that you have in your brain and in your soul to protect you from getting really in touch with yourself because really getting in touch with yourself and banging yourself over the head causes depression. So what do you do the next night you're depressed? You drink again because you need anesthesia. And then you get more depressed. Drunks are not happy. They may laugh and everything, but they're not happy. They're miserable people. And the next time they got to get drunk again, and the drug addict has to get do it again. Why? Why? Because he's in pain. Because you can't go inside yourself and beat yourself up all the time. That's not, that's not therapy. That's not good. That's not, that's why life coaching became what it became. Because in therapy, a lot of people felt going back into my dirt and beating myself up over it, I'm getting more depressed and I'm taking more medicine. So they came out with this whole life coaching thing. Don't go backwards, go forwards. Some people have to go backwards a little bit, but go forwards. Leave that alone. Stop beating yourself up. It's just getting you more depressed. Depending on what you're going through, what would you have to do? Everyone's, everyone's different. You can't do that. You can't, you can't deal with every night that I really enjoy being mad. Hashem, help me. There's something wrong with me. I'm sick. I really enjoy being mad. You can't deal with that every day. It's impossible. You're going to come out of that. And I don't want to be good. I'm lonely. Being good is lonely. And you can, mom, you should rip yourself to pieces. There's only one day a year you're allowed to do that. Why on Purim? Because Purim, in Kabbalah we learn, Hashem sends to this world so much simcha. The whole month is full of simcha. But the day of Purim is such full of simcha, but at the end of Purim, because that's when you do it by the Seuda, the end of Purim, when you're at the top of your simcha, you're so happy, I could take you down there. I could take you down there. You could face your, your, your ghosts, and you could, you could try to clean them out and do tshuva, and you could wake up and come out of it alive, not depressed, not having to drink the next day. There's one day a year you can do that. So one day a year, you have to deal with your Baruch Haman, and your Aram Marachai. And that's Purim. But it says that girls are not supposed to drink. In fact, it's brought down that by Vashti's party, it doesn't say anything about Yayin. And the Medrash says, because even Vashti felt not a Mishta Yayin. A woman's place is not to drink. It's interesting. The Medrash said they gave out candies and chocolates, and that's what women like. Whatever. But in the old days, now they might like to drink. But in the old days, that's what they liked. But it says that a woman's not supposed to drink because... It's not sneezing for her to drink, so they ask Akasha. But if that's the day that you have to go inside yourself and deal with your aura, your aura Mordechai and your Baruch Haman, right? How does a woman do that if she doesn't drink? It's very interesting. So Chachamim said that a man, this is so true. This is so, I mean, the Chachamim Torah is so true. You don't, Imamish, if you would learn the secrets and you learn Torah, you don't need, you, you just don't need anything else. Because this is so true. A man, to get him to go inside, himself to admit that he enjoys being bad and he and he, he loathes he doesn't like being good you gotta get him drunk he will not go there it's like me I'm good man I don't like being bad I love being good he will not go there because we're not emotional sensitive beings we're big shots we're like everything's perfect no I don't need anything everything's great we get him drunk we get him drunk we can get him to go inside there but normally he's got all his locks and his walls and his keys and eh, 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 eh. this is what a woman she's emotionally healthy she can go there we don't want her to go there a whole year because it's going to cause her to get depressed 
She doesn't need to drink to get in contact with herself. Women are in contact with themselves. And the problem is that they're not just very in contact with themselves on Purim. They're a whole year beating themselves up. They're always beating themselves up. And, and, and I hate to say it, I deal with some very abused women who are abused by their husbands and they stick with them because they're used to getting beat up because they beat themselves up a lot. They're never happy. They're always scared. The world's not happy with me. The world's not happy how I look. The world's not happy how I cook. The world's not happy how I take care of my children. So they go to cooking classes and they go to how to raise children and they go to Shalom Bayez. The guy doesn't go to Shalom Bayez class. What do you mean? He doesn't do Shalom Bayez? The guy doesn't go to how to bring up your kids class. There's this Rebbitson going all over the place, right, that I met. And she has these classes. 12 hours, 15 hours. And the women come. 12 hours a week. And there's no men there. How come they're not coming? They're children too. Because they're not going there. They don't beat themselves up. I'm the best father. I'm the best husband. I'm the best guy. We don't beat ourselves up. So on Purim, to get us to beat ourselves up, you got to get us nifnayayin yitzisayin. Women... You don't need to get them drunk to, for them to be in contact with their, with their problem of, I'm sometimes I'm very happy about being bad and sometimes I'm very upset about being good. They can go there without getting drunk, but they can only go there on Purim. Because if they go there a whole year round, they're going to get depressed and they're just going to beat themselves even more. On Purim, there's so much simcha in the world. When they sit by the Su'uda, they can read the Shoshana Yaakov and say, I need to deal with why am I so happy? about the stuff I did wrong and why the Yiddishkeit that I'm keeping right now it's, it's a curse Judaism is a curse in my life it's just it's just taking away my freedom it's taking away everything that's what we need to deal with on Purim and that's why it says a man has to drink until he doesn't know the difference once he doesn't know the difference we have the ability to get him to go inside I can tell you I have seen boys on Purim cry, scream, shriek, just thought their souls were coming out of their bodies on how bad they were and what they did wrong. Rebbe, save me. Rebbe, I'm going to get ahead of Crying on me, throwing up on me, crying on me. Rebbe, please don't let go of me. Take me to Ganeiden. But crying, really, really crying because they can't go there. They, they, they can't go there in a normal state of mind because that's not a man. He's just not going there. So on Purim, we get him to that state of mind where he could go into his into his side, into his secrets, and, and bring them all out and clean them up. Purim is Yom Kippur doesn't touch Purim. Girls, Yom Kippur doesn't touch Purim. Purim is much bigger than Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur, it's in front of everyone. You read it. You're not going inside. You're taking care of the outer part. I did this and I did this and I'm sorry, and I did this and I'm sorry. By the way, can I have some money to say, yeah, I did this and this and how about a shidduch also? You know what that's, that's Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur doesn't touch Purim. Purim is none of this. Purim comes here, you're throwing up. Your mama, your guts are coming, your, your, your inner soul is coming up. And therefore, Yom Kippur is called Yom Kippurim. You know, if you say, Rewalstein is as good a ball player, and you're not gonna say this, but Rewalstein is as good a ball, as good a ball player as Michael Jordan. So who's better? Of course, Michael Jordan. You're comparing me to Michael Jordan. You're not saying Michael Jordan is as good a player as Rewalstein. So, so when you say Yom Kippurim, you're saying Yom Kippur is like Purim means Purim is much greater than Yom Kippur. And the Kaviyasha says, specifically for women, to say on Tanis Esther, and on Purim itself, Perakav Beis, the 22nd chapter in, in, in Tehillim, that's a chapter, if you say it with Kavana, that was Ayelas HaShacha, which was Esther, you say it with Kavana, that Mamish, first of all, it says that women should go to Vosikin, 
on Purim, you should go down with Sikin, and there are all the shuls are open for women with Sikin Purim morning, and Tanis Esther. This year, Tanis Esther is pushed over, so it's, it should be on Shabbos, it's pushed to Thursday. So I don't know about this year, but normally Tanis Esther and Purim, you should go to Sikin, and it's a very big Esat Fila. It's a very big time to daven. So again, just to repeat what we said tonight. Number one, that, that what a person's challenges in this life, don't say it's not fair. How come I was born this way? Just the opposite. It's very fair. You're only born this way to give you the key that Mitzvah Hashem next time after 120 years, Mashiach's not here that you'll be able to sit in Ganeidin with all the Tzidkaniyah. It's just the opposite. It's, it, it, not only it's fair, but it's your key. It's your key. It's your ticket into the next world. And, 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 we, and we see that by Moshe Abedo. He went through the same thing. He was able to overcome it and, and he was, he was forgiven for what Noah did wrong. Second of all, the, 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 the secret of Purim is to be able to go into yourself and to work on the, 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 the things that you don't deal with the whole year, to go inside yourself and to try to fix it and to try, you know, again, it, you know, there's, there's a certain, it's very hard. I'll tell you from my own time, I had good times as a kid and I didn't always do the right thing. And when I meet my friends sometimes, I'm like, remember what we did? You remember how bad that was? And we're all smiling. If you're smiling, you didn't do tshuva. If you're smiling, you didn't do tshuva. Because if you, if you really think that what you did was really bad, mm-hmm. you wouldn't talk about it. You wouldn't talk about it with a smile on your face. You'd say, Ay vey, eight years I was playing ball. I didn't learn two words of Gemara. If those eight years I would have learned today, you know what I could give to my Talmudim? You know what kind of share I could give? Eight years I didn't learn! Not A. Remember those eight years we played ball and had a great time? Then you didn't do tshuva. Then you're not where you're supposed to be. If it's still a good time in your head, if you still have that Baruch Haman, if it's not Arahaman, you didn't do tshuva. You're not where you're supposed to be. That's what we have to work on on Purim. And if we do that, Bezrat Hashem, then we'll always know the difference between Baruch, by the way, Baruch Marachai, I believe in Arahaman are the exact same gematria. The exact equal. Baruch Marachai, if you do the math, and Arahaman, each one equals exactly the same as the other one. You many times can switch to two, because they have equals. What we have to come out of Purim is, but Baruch Marachai and Arahaman, not Arah Marachai and Baruch Haman. We have to have clarity. And Bezrat Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in Ado, he says, he will show us Nisim Nistarim, he'll show us hidden miracles, which will bring us to, to the month of Nisan. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will show us open miracles. We should all have this chus, all of us here, that Bezrat Hashem, we should see the Nisim Nigliam, the Nisim of Nisan, when we're talking about into Eretz Yisrael, to the Beis HaMikdash. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.